Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another podcast. It's Chris and Tyler, and this episode is pretty different. We're just having a conversation with one of our students. It was honestly unplanned. Uh, we were supposed to hang out with him earlier, and we wanted to do the podcast, and so we just invited him to have a conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, us talking with Vian. And I do want to say thank you again to all of our um, supporters who pray for us and give to us financially every month. This conversation would not happen without you guys. Uh, we are so, so thankful for you. All right, hope you guys enjoy. Okay, Vian, um, how do we know each other? How do you know Chris and Tyler? Chris and Tyler. Basically, when I came to UNC Charlotte in late August of 2022, so last year, last year, <laughs> um, I I was looking for any sort of, of ministry group or just community or people that I could make friends with and and um, grow close, closer to the Lord with, and um, I remember seeing some of their signs around campus and being intrigued but like not intrigued enough to talk to them and then one day I was walking to the student union and I don't know why I was going there I had no classes around there or anything but I was going there and I walked past them um, and their stand and there was some sort of question on it that I Hmm. can't recall but it caught my attention, and then I remember specifically Chris sort of saw that I was intrigued by the by the whiteboard, and I stopped for a moment, and then he was like, hey, you want to talk about it? And then I was like, sure, I'll talk about it. And I ended up putting my name on a text list and like hmm. e- my email and whatever, and then I didn't see them again for like a month. Really? Or, yeah. not only did you not see us, you didn't respond to any of our texts. Oh yeah, I also didn't respond to any texts. <laughs> that out there. I didn't, I didn't respond to any texts for like a month. Because I, I, w- I wasn't sure like yes. necessarily uh, how the structure of, of it was. I thought it was just like another group, like another okay. Bible study group. Can we, can we talk about, you told us later yeah. on, you didn't particularly trust yeah. us. Because of our signs. Yes, I think some of some of their some of y'all's signs was were worded um, in a way that I thought was almost asking dangerous questions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you not fit it, fit in at your church? Jesus might not either. And I, I think I've misunderstood some of the questions, and I, I sort of took that to be the whole message of the, of impact, and the whole like point you guys were like trying to, sort of subvert, um, the church, and I was like, okay, that's weird, but then when I met you guys, it was like, okay, they seem really nice, but their signs are weird. So then I didn't answer any of those texts. Friendly face. Yeah. But deep down, I know. Yeah, I was like, "Mm." 
won't be seeing you in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't answer any other texts. And it's not that I am like, oh, the church is this bright pillar and it yeah. is always right. right. But I was like, mm, I don't know if they have the right heart behind it. So I didn't necessarily make a judgment immediately, but I was like, okay. You, you did, though, because you... I made a judgment, <laughs> but it was like... It was not like definitive. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because I had no evidence to back it. I just had these really signs, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm going to um, practice caution." Wait, so you? We met you like probably during the first week of class. Yeah. And then didn't hang out until like a month later. Yeah, yeah and that was not until you finished finish the story. Yeah, and um, I mean, I I was just practicing caution. Like I was like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I'm gonna keep going around. If I if I see him, I see him. If I don't, sure. I don't. And I saw them. I saw Chris in um, in Prospector. It was the lunch place. And then he he asked me. He goes, "Hold on, stop a second. Do you know a guy named Hank Gravelar? And then I was like, "Yeah, he's my brother. He went here." A bunch of years ago, he graduated from here. I was, I've been looking for anybody who knew my brothers, um, who both went to UNC Charlotte. So then I was intrigued. And luckily, he said that because it caught my attention. And then I was like, okay, I'll start hanging out with these guys. Mm, okay. If it was... Did you ask Hank, were you like, hey, can I trust these Yeah, guys? yeah. Okay. I was like, Hank, who are these people? Like, <laughs> how, who are, who's, who's Chris? Do you know Chris Barron? And then he was like, yeah, I know Chris. I remember Chris. It's crazy. So then... Um, I Wait, so like, Chris, okay. how, do you, how do you know his brother? He was part of Impact. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what year. I get lost in the years. I don't, do you know, what I don't even know what year. <laughs> um, I think he graduated high school in, like, 2012. So it must have been between okay. 2013 yeah. and 2016. Ten years ago? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Hank is ten years older than me, so makes that makes sense. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I just I knew him from back in the day. Wow. Yeah, back in the day, indeed. When you were you were on staff yes. at that point too. Yeah. 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 Wow. I remember I remember seeing your name on the list, and I was like, "Hey, that name, that last name looks familiar." Yeah. Also, you had a like different first name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then that was not until I met you the second time in Prospector. That something just clicked. I was like, dude, this guy looks like yeah. Hank. And he sounds like Hank. Totally. That's why I was like, yeah. Do you know Hank? Exactly. And you approached me in Prospector. Yeah, because I recognized mm-hmm. yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I'll say hi. I've yeah. seen him before. I'm not gonna like walk past him. I was like, oh hey, Chris, right? And then he was like, Yeah. You're Hank's brother or something. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. what yeah, whatever the, the conversation was. Yeah. But the point is that that led me to then be a lot more intrigued and then it sort of opened the door to me not being as skeptical because <laughs> yeah. I'm naturally just skeptical and cautious of, of everything Colts um, yeah <laughs> as, you should, <laughs> as you should be good quality yes. as a person. so so then I started hanging out with you guys and I started hanging out with y'all and um, and Josh and Jesse yeah. and that was very very beneficial and helpful for me and um, yeah just like I was like man I want to keep hanging out with these guys they really so, know what they're talking about so. So, 
I don't know about that. Um, I don't know if we know what we're talking about. Uh, so really, so your last name is different. So your last name is South African, yeah. right? So your family's from South Africa. Yeah. So yeah, can you tell us about like totally how your family came over here? Yeah, a bit yeah. about that. So it was definitely a God thing, a hundred percent. We like, I mean, our families, our family has been in South Africa for a long time on my mom's side, or on my dad's side, and my mom's side, she's from Namibia, which is a bordering country to South Africa, which mm. is a lot of, I mean, the, uh, a lot of the people speak the same language, speak Afrikaans, and um, a lot of the same cultural aspects. So it was, it was probably 2009, yeah, it was 2009, um, we were wanting to get out of South Africa, and we had tried multiple times. And then my mom won the green card lottery for our family. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um... Wait, 2009? 2009. Oh. Yeah. I didn't hear before that. Okay. No. Yeah, clearly not. Maybe maybe it was 2008 that she won the green card lottery, and then the process took a while, and we ended up moving in 2009, in December. So that was such a blessing because I mean we wanted to do anything we could to get out of there and um, especially to come to America my dad had some business opportunities here which ended up falling through later but um, it sort of provided us with another reason to come here and a slight source of stability when we got here mm-hmm. um, yeah that makes sense coming out of South yeah South and it, it was sort of confirmed by my mom and her praying about it and the Lord just showing her in various ways um, that this was the right place for us to be. Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. especially. We could have gone to Texas, we could have gone to Florida, we could have gone to Charlotte. So it was it was basically those three options, so we chose Charlotte. And still, my whole family's here and we're all thriving and <coughs> enjoying it a lot. And there's obviously hard times all the time because um, that's just life but we we're very happy here we're very happy to be here and uh, yeah <laughs> definitely the right thing since this since people that listen to this are removed from college can you just give us your because this is your first year here yeah right give us some like insight of like your freshman year at UC Charlotte. Yeah. What was it? What was it like? What was your first day like? What's what's it been like building community or meeting people in classes? Um. That's a good question. It's a bit of a loaded question. It but is. It's you're also still in it. Yeah. So I don't know if you're like been far enough removed to like reflect on what's happening. And I think that my situation is, is, almost vastly different than most people's situation for multiple reasons. The fact that I come from a small, close-knit Christian school um, in Fort Mill, South Carolina. The fact that I don't live on campus. I live at home and I commute every day. Um, But overall, I think I can still see the main points of of what it's like, especially for a young Christian man coming on to Mm -hmm. college for the first time. Um, it's 
it's very like it, it was disorienting for me yeah, at first. Yeah. It was like the school wasn't the the hard part. Like the the academics wasn't the difficult part for me at first. It was like how do I go from such a close knit community mm-hmm. and like people that I would trust my life with ten times over um, to a new place where I know no one and nothing about anyone and I have to now build a new community yeah um, and especially the fact that I know that it's it's only gonna be for four years yes yes <laughs> and it's not I'm, like you're home and I'm back out in the yes world. that's especially the strange thing because it's like I want to build really good friends but then a part of me says okay how much time and effort am I going to pour into making good friends and community if I'm only going to be here for a limited time but then it's like that doubtful part of my brain I think is is overridden by the fact that I know how important the friendships are Mm -hmm. here and important it is to have community in a place where one it's going to be really difficult academically but two spiritually and um, ideologically it's going to be challenging Um, because that's just how it is when the whole or almost the whole college campus is going to be basically against you and your faith Hmm. and your ideology and everything and the way you the way you believe, the way you intend to live your life, it's like, okay, this is gonna, not to be like a doom and gloom prophesying thing, but it's like, it's it's definitely, it's a difficult time. But there can be so much good that also comes from it, so much growth, so many people come to know Jesus at college, so it's really like an opportunity to spread his word, spread his love, and 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 do that whole thing. Um, if you're grounded enough and rooted enough in your faith, then it's not something that you really have to be afraid of. It's just something you need to be aware of. And like, okay, how do I combat the opposing forces of my sure. of my faith and my belief? Okay. Have you? So, have you come across a lot of like actual resistance to your faith or friction with your faith? Because I know, I know that you had this like fear of like, man, this, it's from a small knit Christian family to this mm. secular, like more progressive, right? Yeah. Like, um, like thirty thousand strangers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that can it can be very daunting and overwhelming. Um, but while you're here in it, have you seen a lot of, like, obviously, like, oh uh, yeah, so have, have you yeah. encountered a lot of, like, friction? Like, did it, was it, it surpassed your, like, did it meet your expectation mm-hmm. of, like, oh, this is actually, like, a dark place? Or is that, have you seen something different? Have you seen, like, yeah. nuance to it? Good question. So, I think it's important to establish, like, my mindset coming into it. I was aware that it it's gonna be 
it's going to be challenging. There's going to be opposition. But I think um, that I'm rooted enough and I was rooted enough in my faith to the point that I wasn't afraid. I was just like more, I was more aware than I was afraid. I was aware of, okay, there are going to be challenges, not challenges that I fear are going to um, crash my faith, Mm -hmm. but things that I haven't dealt with before, more that type of thing. And I, I have experienced that. Um, I didn't really have an expectation for exactly how it was going to be. Um, but it's like, yeah, everywhere, everywhere I go, I haven't had like somebody personally come up to me and be like, Oh, you're a Christian. That's terrible. You don't believe this. You believe that. But I have had, it's like, it's very apparent. It's just everywhere you go, like signs for abortion activism and like, yes, basically pressing everything that the world believes in your face mm-hmm. like it's it's shoving it in your face and it's like hasn't personally haven't had any personal attacks to me yet um, but it's very much like oppressive ideological and like almost subconscious um, everywhere around you type of type of attack so it's it's interesting I I don't know exactly how I would describe it I think that's part of it but it's like a there's a part of it as well. That I think there's also like layers of like culture shock. Yeah. Right. So it's totally. not all like it's not just right the academic. It's not just like new community, new strangers. Yeah. Or just like spiritual, right? It's just there's layers. Each one has yeah. a different type of like awareness, challenge, shock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense not to just throw it all in one of like your one college experience is going to be this. No, there's, there's certain types of experience, ways of experience that you see as you enter. Yeah. Is that what would you... Yeah. Make sure? It's like an onion of opposition. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not all opposition, though, is it? No, I mean, there's, but the opposition sure. comes in onion form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is also an onion of good, but like... <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because also the good comes in layers. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the good does. comes after the bad onion, right? Because I feel like the first uh, experience like, yeah. for most freshmen is like, where am I? What yes. is this place? What's yes. happening? Totally. And yeah. like you said, the hardest thing is not the classroom. The hardest thing yeah. is literally yes. everything else. Yeah. From yes. parking to like, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, parking. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is like, yeah. Uh, from parking to like, yeah, seeing languages and messages that you're, you've only heard about. Yeah in these kinds of places, but now you're actually um, experiencing for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, man, that makes sense. Exactly. That makes sense. So what were you, you kind of mentioned this in the beginning, what were you kind of looking for when it came to spiritualness on campus? Were you expecting to find like a group or just people really quickly? Did you expect it to be... Were you looking for something? Yeah. I was. Okay. I think even then, it was hard for me to explain what exactly I was looking for. Um, I think at the heart of it all, subconsciously, I was just looking for 
like a piece of what I've had yes, in the past, that makes sense. which is sort of just our normal human nature. If we're comfortable with one thing, we want to find something similar to that thing yep. um, in whatever new place or season we're in. So it's not that I was expecting it, because I, I, I wasn't expecting to find something like that immediately or necessarily at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I was definitely hoping for it. It's definitely like, man, it would be really cool if I could find a bunch of young people or a little bit older people <laughs> <laughs> who are, who have values aligned with mine, not just in the sense of like, Oh, they believe the same thing, mm-hmm. but they're wanting to grow, yeah. and they want to grow in all the different aspects mm-hmm. of of Christianity, and of faith, and of walking with Jesus. They want to grow in knowledge in the Scriptures. They want to grow in spiritual proximity, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, to Jesus, and and draw near to Him so that He draw near to you it's it's like all of the above um i was looking for that and hoping to find that and in some ways i have through like you guys and through every now and then a friend here and there who wants to like go through the bible with me or wants to grow um and i've found groups but it's the groups have more been I'd say the majority of of like group ministry Bible study life is more just like okay let's get together have fun do the Bible reading and the study and get that checked off it's like a box let's check this box off and then let's have fun yeah and it's like I understand that there's a there's definitely a time and place to have fun and I I'd love to have fun as well but it's like if we're gonna do like a a, a study group or or a Bible study group or something that's centered around um, growth and Jesus and the Word, then let's give it our all. Yeah. Let's make that our top priority. And I, I think that's a little more rare. Um, it's it's there, but it's a little more rare. So, what is it like uh, coming to a three thousand student university? and not knowing anyone, and definitely not knowing any ministries, but looking for a ministry. Like, what does it yeah. look like to, like, yeah, what's the selection go, process like? Yeah, how do you do that? What <laughs> did you do? a great question. So, for background, I come from a tiny school right. in Fort Mill. Yeah. Um, tiny Christian school. Tri- tiny Christian school. It was, like, a family, um, basically. I'm an extrovert. I'm like a big you were, extrovert. you considered your classmates family. Yeah, it was like a totally. family had a school. No, okay, okay. <laughs> not a literal family. Yeah, no. it's not actually your family. No, it was it's not, not your, my not your family. blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's like, yeah, my classmates yeah. and the faculty. Like I can still, like I texted my teacher the other day. I was like, hey, let's hang out. That's cool. Like I want to see your farm with the bees and the chickens. He's like, yeah, man, come over. But um, coming from that to a place where I don't know anybody, it's massive, was sort of exciting, I'd say, because I'm an extrovert. So I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. 
I'm gonna have the chance to meet a lot of people. But it's also like, okay, there's 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. What if the people that I would be great friends with, I'm just, like there's almost you'll, too many options. You'll never like find it's, them. It's, yeah. it's, it's an ocean of, of personalities and of people yeah. all on different paths mm-hmm. of education. And it's like, where do I even start? So I just started, like when I got here, I basically, um, there was like the, I can't remember what you call it, like a Oregon showcase. Org showcase. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And I walked around and looked at all the different organizations, and especially the Christian ones, and I like signed up for a bunch of them, took like stickers and schedules for like, oh, this event is going to happen this week, and I tried to attend as many as I could and had fun, met a lot of people, and then it was like, okay, now what? Mm. Where do I go? And then came the whole thing of like, okay, now you need to choose. Now you need to choose one of these groups, and you have to stick with it. And that I felt like that pressure. Nobody's obviously like saying that, but every group you go to is like, okay, how can we get you committed in some sort of fashion? How can we get you into... Um, this small group so that now you're now you're committed which are very very helpful and beneficial yes, very very good I don't want to discount that yes. in any fashion but it was like for me as a freshman right who didn't know anybody yeah. it was like okay if I commit to this group what am I missing in the other groups yes and that was like my thought process which wasn't the healthiest but it was like that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. so it was going through my mind um, so for a while, I just sort of floated around and visited um, some weekly groups that met on different days. And if they met on the same day, then I would visit one group and miss out on the other. And then the next week, switch. And it's like, okay, what what do I do now? Where do I go from here? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that fully answers your question. Okay, so then... But, so how, how did you navigate that? Like, where are you now? I would say... After all that, yeah. like, it's, process. It's a lot more narrowed down. But I'm not at a definitive, I like, full commitment to one group yet. I have, like, two or three that I attend every now and then. And um, one that I attend weekly and that I'd say I'm probably out of the three most committed to. And I lead worship for them on Thursdays, and I really enjoy um, But it's not necessarily, like, I've, I've just had to, like, come to terms with the fact that they're not ever going to be the same as, like, what I had before mm-hmm. college. Um, I came from a very, like, spiritually rich environment, and this group is like very, very immersed in the Bible and in scripture, and they're really good at that, and they're really good at analyzing scripture, but they have almost no like knowledge or connection to like the gifts of the Spirit hmm. or um, walking with the Holy Spirit, which I guess they would be walking with the Holy Spirit, but like they're not. It's not talked about. Like, the Holy Spirit isn't commonly discussed. And that's something that I'm definitely missing um, from that. So, 
I have like that group, then I have like other groups that are almost more just like for fun groups. <laughs> fun. That's like almost how I see them. Because it's like, okay, these are Christian people that I enjoy hanging out with, but their doctrine is not any more solid or their connection with the Holy Spirit is not right. any more solid than in any of the other groups. Um, so I do it more just to like have good friends, and like Christian friends. So does that where do where do we fit in? Where do y'all fit in? Yeah, y'all are, I'd say the the biggest like spiritual anchor because it's like <laughs> because like <laughs> that just blasted and that's that's not <laughs> meant to like. They also that was, that's, that was too obvious. That that was fishing, but it's it's okay because it's true, and I I. I'm not saying that just because this is being reported. Like, I would say this regardless yes. of whether or not it's being reported. This part is off the record. Yeah, it's <laughs> off the record. But definitely, it's been very beneficial for me to have people that um, are more experienced than me, a lot more experienced, and, and carry that that wisdom and, and sort of a, a place of, of authority, like, over the school whether or not people realize it but also don't treat me like I'm just like a project to disciple like oh this is just one of our these this guy's gonna be here for four years we're gonna tackle him as hard as we can see what we can teach him right and then he's gonna leave and then we have more people it's not like a conveyor belt it's like okay how can we come together and the three of us through scripture and grow together Um, what can we show him what can he show us so I feel like that's that's the vibe I get from you guys and that is something that I haven't found anywhere else and I that's exactly like that is I I don't know what I would do without that um, weekly I would I would be just in a bit more of a I guess like mundane, mundane day to day. Let's just get this done. Yeah, kind of. Because I think that that's how state. most people view college experience. It's just like I'm just here for four years, hopefully just four years, yeah. and then I'm gone. And yeah. reality is, that's how most people are treated here. I'm not saying yeah. specifically like by any other ministries. I think that's just the nature of the beast. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... You're, you're coming for a certain service. I'm going to give you four years yeah. so they can be on their so way. So I can spit you out and hopefully yeah. you have a good enough exactly. experience to where somebody else would want to do the same thing. And that's like, from a other ministry's perspective, I can, I can understand that. And I don't necessarily judge that because it's like, yeah, they're only going to be here for about four years. And then let's just hope we can... Um, no pun intended, impact their lives <laughs> <But I'm just>. <laughs> <laughs> as, as good as possible that they that they stick with their faith and that they spread it to others. Yeah. And that's huge. Like, that's so important. But it feels less personal. Well, yeah, because at the same time, sorry, at the same time it kind of feels like, oh, I'm being treated as a project. Like, I know the yeah. reality of it, but I'm still feeling like this. Yeah. So... You can, you can cut this next part out. Because sometimes also, 
it feels as if they need you for their own purpose. Yes. Yes. And I'm not Definitely. Right, but a lot of times that may not be the intent, but it comes off of like for me, yeah, you're just like you're yeah, you exist you're, for me to have a job. You're totally right. So you're doing stuff for me and what my what I'm doing on campus. Yeah. That's the reality. That's not a I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> that's that's uh, true. That, yeah. That is hundred percent the reality. Yeah. And that's I think most people don't care or most people don't see that or recognize that. Um, I'm not saying that, like, oh, no, I'm more observant and I right, saw it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I just, I came from a, a place and come from a place where I already have a a level of, of like, pre-built spiritual foundation that I can easily stand on. And it kind of helps me to see past the, like, I don't know if see past is the right terms, but it's all I can think of right now. Like see past the, okay, we're gonna raise you up so that you can now help us in this. And to well, do yeah, this. because it's, it's like it's not authentic. Yeah. And your generation is probably the most prone to realizing something that's not authentic and genuine. Yeah. So. And and that, I think, is a part of why there's so few people truly. Um, trying to grow and trying to disciple each other on campus. What do you mean? Like, if we're talking about, like, the, the, the stats of, like, how many people are actually Christians on campus, how many would just call themselves Christians yeah. and who are like, oh, no, I'm fine where I'm at. I, I don't feel like I need to grow in my relationship with yeah. God. I f- I'm fine where I'm at. Or how many people are like, no, I still want to keep growing. Yeah. I still want to get deeper with the Lord and and further and fill in the blank like I want to get to know him better and I want to know his purpose for me and I want to live that to fruition as best I can mm-hmm. you know so like the the difference between um, the amount of people that do want to do that and don't want to do that I think a part of it is because the people that don't want to do that it's not that they don't want to do that. It's that they they feel used by yeah. by others for other purposes instead of loved. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. I would agree with that 100%. Um, I think most of our interactions on a daily basis is all about usability. Like, yeah. Can I use that thing and are they using me? And if, if it's equal, if the usability from, I don't even know that's a word. If the yeah. usability is coming from both sides, it's that's equal, then like, okay, it's a transaction. We're yes. both like using each other. We're good. It's like a like a, a student to a professor, right? Yeah. The student needs a professor for knowledge. The professor needs a student for what? I don't know, a job, yeah. right? Yeah. So if, the, if okay, but we've agreed upon that transaction and that's healthy. But I think a lot of times either that that usability ness has seeped into a lot of churches, or we're just so used to it that like we assume that's what's going to happen in a spiritual setting and we don't actually know Jesus to know yeah. enough that that's not how he actually operates so yeah exactly yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense so where um, I don't know to kind of end, end, end on this like I don't know where do you feel like you've grown a lot this past year what do you feel like you've you've learned is there anything that sticks out that you know you know what I'm glad 
mm. I know this now, or I experienced this, or I'm having this kind of conversation. But the caveat yeah. of only having one semester, full right. semester under your belt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. I'd, I'd say um, there's a lot that I have learned and a lot that I've slightly grown from, but um, what what's really worth saying and it's all of it's worth saying, but especially just like, at least in this first semester, I've learned to um, just like modify my expectations. Because mm. I, I set my expectations really high yeah. for everyone and everything, and especially myself. So I, I think I've learned to just like and it, it sounds bad. It sounds like, oh, to not be disappointed, I have to not hope for yeah, these yeah, big things. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think there's a big difference between hope and expectations that people don't see all the time and that people forget about sometimes. And it's like I can I can hope for the best, but also expect that things are gonna mm -hmm. go wrong and that people are gonna be people. I'm gonna be imperfect, other people are gonna be imperfect, yeah. so I'm not gonna find exactly what I want to have. Just recalibrating expectations yeah. to like, okay, yeah. this is actually realistic and what to expect versus like, I don't know, you can either be super optimistic or super pessimistic. Exactly. Right? Or just live one of those two ends. But yeah. you're saying like, now that you have experience, yeah. that okay, now this is like an appropriate amount. And it's yeah. okay if you don't meet the expectations. Exactly. But at least you have that. I, I would say I'm, I'm a, I attempt to be a very optimistic person. Yes, I would 100% agree. And I don't <laughs> think... <laughs> we were I just talking about yeah, that on the walk over here. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I think it it is very helpful if that is coupled with um, the knowledge of how to... or the just the ability to handle um, when situations fall below your expectations. Yes. Yeah. And I don't want to say disappointment, but it's like that's just the word that a lot of people use for that when when expectations don't line up with yes. reality. So the b ability to handle disappointment and take it and just keep going forward and just forget about it, I think is like it's very helpful. And that's not like it's not like oh everything will be a disappointment, but there are little disappointments in every like plan or hope or expectation and, th and that's just the reality of it and to learn to have joy in the good things and everything that is accomplished and everything that does come to fruition instead of just focusing on oh man this went wrong that went yeah. wrong I didn't meet these people when I thought I would or I don't have as many friends as I think I would I don't have as strong a community as I think I would and just to focus on that would be far worse mm. um, than if you knew how to handle disappointment and were like oh okay well yeah I don't have as many uh, Christian friends as I thought I might meet um, I don't have as strong a community as I thought I might have however I have met these people. Mm -hmm. I have started doing this. I have these plans for the future. I have, um, I have this community that I've started building, and I'm just going to keep working on it. Mm -hmm. And that's 
better than not having anybody. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. Yeah. You two might be in the 1% of optimistic people, <laughs> but like the bottom tier of like being disappointed in others. Mm. That's interesting. I always, I assume mm. that optimistic people would be disappointed more often, but I'm actually more pessimistic. I think I'm more disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That's my own yeah. sin. That's another bird. Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. Right, Vian. Thanks for Thank talking with for, us. With for no, with no yeah. warning whatsoever. <laughs> this is completely no. organic and I love this. So. this is this is my jam, guys. <laughs>